I'm Liz Sumner, and this is I Always Wanted To, the podcast where I interview people who are doing things that others long to do. What have you always wanted to try? And for those of you interested in more about learning to sing, we have two other episodes you might like. Learn to Sing Jazz with Isabella Celentano and Learn to Sing Part 2 with Judy Fine. Enjoy. My guest today is Nancy Salwin. Nancy teaches singing to non-singers, beginners, and anyone who wants to sing more comfortably and expressively. She's the author of the book, The Fear of Singing Breakthrough Program, Learn to Sing Even If You Think You Can't Carry a Tune. She leads singing workshops in Vermont, New York City, and California, offers online programs, and teaches lessons in person and over Skype or FaceTime. Welcome, Nancy. Hi. Hi. (laughs) So tell me, how did you get into this kind of work? I always sang as a child. I was, I grew up in New York City and I, I, I sang, I think both because I loved to sing and I love music, but also as a, a kind of a, a way of putting up a protective barrier between myself and what for me, I think was a pretty abrasive, abrasive environment. Um, New York City in the 60s was not very safe and mm-hmm. it was stressful to live there. And I think when I, I would find myself singing when I was walking down the street and and singing, I, I always sang. Mm-hmm. And I, the kind, I, I took piano lessons as a kid, but it was really singing that grabbed me. And my mom was really supportive and took me to folk festivals and they were lefties, you know, so we went to on peace marches where there was a lot of singing and Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot of, it was really the folk music scene that, mm-hmm. that we got into. So in New York, there was a lot, you, 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 maybe you think of New York, you think of Madison Square Garden, you think of big, big venues, but there were mm-hmm. a lot of really intimate venues too. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to also go folk dancing. And so this kind of live participatory community music making was very mm-hmm important to me. And when I was a teenager, I took Balkan singing lessons, oh. which was music from Bulgaria, oh. Croatia, and, and that kind of music, which involved a lot of dissonance. Um, uh-huh. Somebody, there'd often be somebody singing a drone note and, and somebody else sliding off of it. So that would create this kind of, this, Ooh. to Ooh. me, oh. this delicious dissonance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I was very immersed in in this world of singing, but I had an experience where where I, which really blindsided me. Where I was, I was in England actually at a folk festival, and I took a mic and I was going to sing a song, and just I didn't really think much about it. And I got up there, and I had such stage fright that my voice started shaking. I couldn't sing on pitch. I couldn't remember the words. It was just a very sort of surprising and it was an experience that really changed how I felt about, about singing and not in that I stopped singing, but that I really uh, drew a line for myself that I would not ever perform. And so, but you, you had been performing before or just with just always as part of a community. Oh, oh, okay. And so this was an early solo performance. Is that yeah, I just kind of got up there and said, okay, I'll sing a song. And then wham. Wow. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So, so that kind of, 
I think that happened. There may have been other little things that happened where I expected myself to feel comfortable and didn't. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really drew a line for myself. I, mm -hmm. I sing for fun. I sing with one or two other people. If we are singing in harmony or whatever, mm -hmm. I'll sing um, in a big group. But even leading a song, I think, really sort of brought out that feeling of fear. And so I just stayed away from it. Oh. And, and <laughs> I know. And <laughs> as a high... I know it's sad. Um, it yeah. wasn't something I gave a lot of thought to, but when I went to high school, I, I went to the high school of music and art. I, I I was an art major in at music, the high school of music and art in New York City. You're either at least at the time I went there, you were either an art major or a music major. Mm -hmm. There was no blending of the two. Uh -huh. Which now that I think about it is ridiculous because most of the artists I know like to sing and most of the singers I know like are musicians. Yeah, really. Yeah, they're very, yeah. But anyway, it never even crossed my mind as far as I can remember to, to be a music major because that would have involved auditioning. So I, <laughs> <a portfolio and> I, <laughs> yeah. I brought in a portfolio and I became an art major. And from there, I went to the Art Students League and then I, mm -hmm. I, ended up moving to New Hampshire and became an art major and then I became a jewelry designer and I became a graphic designer and everything was all about the visual the visual arts but when I had my daughter at about 35 my first kid I just remember turning to my husband one day and saying you know everything's great except I'm not singing and I didn't even sing I mean, if I sang in the car with him, it was kind of subdued. You know, there were there were certain friends I would sing with, and I would go to singing camps sometimes. But but it wow, it wasn't it really got you. It did, and I don't know if it was just that one event, but but that idea just that this is what it is. It's like a, a thing you do on your own, but you can't you can't wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up finding, I mean, there's this whole little progression. I found uh -huh. people in the neighborhood to say, I asked a friend of mine who's a musician, do you know anybody who gets together and sings? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So it turned out there were some people who were just getting together every week in their living rooms and sort of rotating from house to house. And that was really fun. And then it was, it kind of brought that back. And then I joined a, a women's chorus that I was part of for seven years. And in like year six or five or six or something, I finally decided to, to go ahead and sing a solo, mm -hmm. um, which turned out not to be a solo, but a duet. So mm -hmm. I auditioned and I got it and, and we did this duet and had the chorus backing us up. And it was a real trip. It was so much fun, but scary, but like a rush and awesome. Mm -hmm. And from there, I started taking guitar lessons and singing. My guitar teacher, I told my guitar teacher that I really wanted my guitar to be in service of my singing mm -hmm. rather than just to be about the guitar. Because when I was in high school, I actually went to high school with Bela Fleck. Do you know? Oh, who yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, he, uh, it's Mando, he, right? Uh, um, banjo. Oh, banjo. Okay. But like jazz. Uh -huh. Very virtuosic. Uh -huh. um, but he was a classmate of mine, and I took guitar lessons with him at his house. As oh, cool! Kid. But it was great. But it was first of all, I was not a great instrumentalist. I didn't really enjoy practicing, and I didn't have a lot of um, <laughs> yeah. And um, but also, I found it really difficult to sing and play at the mm -hmm. same time. Yeah. And then I also took banjo lessons back then. Uh, with a guy named Paul Brown, who was an NPR announcer. I don't know uh -oh. if you've ever heard of him, but he he wasn't at that time. Mm -hmm. But um, so I had these wonderful teachers and I played around with instruments, but kind of let all that go. And but then so I went back to guitar 
did guitar lessons and singing with the guitar, put that together, learned how to do that. And my teacher, who's now a very good friend of mine, actually said, you know, I think what you need is for us to like play once a month at a coffee shop. So, uh-huh. so we started doing, there was a, a place in King, there was a, a place called Bagel Works, which I don't know, you know, but um, I know it well. Yes. Um, we went every, every once a month on Sundays and we played. And so gradually I kind of worked myself up to ex- continue to have stage fright. I still have stage fright, but the, the thing that really, uh, the big, a big thing that happened is I went to a camp called Village Harmony Camp. Out of oh, Brattle yes. Brattle. Yeah, they, they have groups that come uh, here to my town in Italy. Uh, um, Your town? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, they were here about two years ago and we, we, we sang with them. My, my cor- chorus sang with them, but yeah. So it's kind of a dream of mine to do that, to do one of their traveling trips. But this was just a, a 10-day camp in, in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. We had a teacher from South Africa, a teacher doing uh, Georgian, the Republic of Georgia, Georgia music, Uh and somebody doing Appalachian music. And and it was just so moving to me. And I I was so impassioned that on that trip back home, I remember I was driving home and I'm like, I I have to change my life. That's it. I mean, this has to happen. I didn't know what that would look like or what it would mean, Mm -hmm. but I knew that I had stage fright. I knew that I was not a strong music reader. I knew that, you know, that I had a lot of things to overcome Mm -hmm. if I was going to make this happen. And, And I started incrementally and I, one of the teachers from that camp ended up being teaching me privately harmony lessons and song leading, how to lead. Mm-hmm. And so I started leading small things around town. And then I, I actually looked online and found that I could get a song leading training by going to an organization called Music Together, oh, okay. which is about early childhood music. Uh-huh. And I went to that training, never thinking I wanted to teach early childhood music. And it was a weekend long training and came out of that training saying, oh, my God, I have to do that. <laughs> so I started teaching. I became a, that was really when I became a music teacher, I started teaching music together classes to families. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine asked me, would you give me singing lessons? And I said, sure, I'll give that a shot. And it was so fun for me. It's so much fun. So then I sort of ended up, I don't even remember how I ended up doing my first workshop, but I, I kind of devised a workshop that used a lot of kind of improvisation techniques, as well as thoughts about how to approach songs and how to use real basic music theory to understand and bring in visual cues to help people learn how to sing and really access people's learning styles. But because I myself was so consciously dealing with my fear of mm-hmm. singing in public and my fear fears around singing and really aware of how I was affected by my fear and how it affected me both physically and mentally and that that seemed like an obvious thing to to deal with head on directly Mm -hmm. rather than to kind of just try to teach singing and somehow bypass the whole oh yeah yeah yeah. so and and it also became really really interesting to me and um and something to to deal with in these workshops and to invite people who are afraid to come to the workshops Mm -hmm. by calling them fear of singing workshops Mm -hmm. or fear of singing breakthrough workshops and so after the first workshop, I was just like, oh, well, this is like, this is my thing. Like, I've, I've 
figure this out. This is my thing. <laughs> but I was still doing graphic design most of the time and kind of relegating the music business to, I think I had a day and a half a week. I was allowed to do music because <laughs> I had to make money and blah, 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 blah. And I went to a graphic design, like a business development workshop. And there was just one day when I was in that, I was in that meeting and I was like, like something was like bubbling up inside and I'm like, this is wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. I don't, this is, I don't want to be, I, I still do graphic design. So I don't come up <laughs> I, I, I do a little bit. Actually, uh -huh. I love it now because I uh -huh. only take jobs uh -huh. that I want to take. Yes. I don't take anything I don't want to take. If it's going to uh -huh. stress me out, I don't do it. Graphic design. I'm working with friends, helping them. You know, it's great. Mm -hmm. But, um, Anyway, I ended up that night in my in, in my closet, believe it or not, crying, telling my husband, like, I picked the wrong career. I should have been a musician. I should have started a long time ago. I was because I was afraid I didn't make the right choices. And look where I am. What a mess. You know, I wipe my tears up. I, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I went up for a walk the next morning with a friend of mine. And I had been doing, I should say, I had been doing the Artist's Way program. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I was in the second week of that program. So I'd been going through a lot of soul searching. So a lot of this stuff was at the surface mm -hmm. for me. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I went for a walk with a friend and I'm telling her my like, oh, I'm so, I was so upset and I don't know what to do. And I can't afford to be a music teacher and blah, blah, blah. And, and as we're walking along, I see something on the, the path in front of me and it's a guitar capo. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> I, I went home. I, I, I think I like canceled. I, I like rearranged my day. I called music together. I told them I want to like expand. I want to teach an intergenerational class. I want to have, you know, as many classes I can have. I, I think I contacted the music department at King State to see if they had any students who would want they would want to refer to me or people who could be interns for me I don't know I got so excited I just said I'm gonna let the music thing just take off if it wants to take off or you know if if it works and take as much as I can and then just slip the graphic design in where where I have time and that was kind of the point at which everything kind of flipped and I just said this is this is what I got to do so oh that's and then that's it just felt yeah, yeah. But, and uh, so with the graphic design, it was always a struggle. But mm -hmm. with the music, it's like everything lined up. There was a ton of synchronicity. And in fact, another piece of synchronicity was that the next time I picked up my Artist's Way book, the first sentence I read was, have you experienced any synchronicity? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I, so, I, I, I want yeah. to acknowledge you before you continue. I want to acknowledge you for listening and for spotting the, the capo and having it tell you what it means and going for it. You were you were open to signs from the universe. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, thank you. And I'm not really a signs from the universe kind of person. Huh, okay. But I, but I was like that that was sort of almost like I didn't even mind making that like a conscious decision. Like that's in front of me. I'm if whether I believe or not, in mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to act like that's a sign from the universe and go with it because that's just too cool. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess I, I did a lot more teaching. I did more workshops. And then at some point in there, I decided to write a book 
And that's the book, uh, which is also has a whole online component on um, the fear of singing breakthrough program, learn to sing even if you think you can't carry a tune. And it deals a lot with the, the fear part and the, the technical, like how, how do you actually learn to sing if that's not something you're, you have an immediate aptitude for. And that ended up taking five years. And when I did, decided to do it, I was like, this is going to take three months. It doesn't have to be big. It, blah, 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 blah. It's just going to be a little thing. And it just, so five years and, and I'm really glad I did because it kind of, it's just a really good feeling to know like what I have come up with, which I think is pretty rich stuff. It's out there now, you know, and it's yeah. kind of doing its job. Um, Again, kudos for, for getting your work out into the world in, 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 a, in a tangible form like that. So t- right. tell, me, tell me a little bit about the people that come to you. What, what kinds of things are, are holding them back? It's interesting. I'm, a lot of people who come to me have experienced and had a negative experience around singing. Not everybody, but at least I'd say half, you know, if I was going to. And the negative experience could be something as as what's a seemingly tiny thing. We were all singing in the car and I was having a really good time and my cousin looked at me funny, Mm. (laughs) you know, like, or a very common one around, this is my mother's actually. Um, My fourth grade chorus teacher told me just mouth the words. Oh, ouch. Super common, yeah. Oh, oh, that's, oh, oh, I hope that person isn't a music (laughs) teacher anymore. (laughs) I know. Like, really? Really? Yeah. Sometimes they're just almost minute. Like, like um, one woman I work with said that somebody turned, she always thought she could sing her grand, she grew up in, in uh, Russia and her uh-huh. grandparents were, her grandmothers were always like, sing, sing, you know, you sing mm-hmm. so beautifully. And then she moved here and she was singing and somebody turned to her and said, and that was, she says, she just, Wow. She loved and she just stopped, you know? And so the, the take home or takeaway from that is we're so sensitive and so yeah. vulnerable when it comes to singing. It, it feels so good. It feels, it's such a release. It's so much us, you know, it's such mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's such a revealing thing to do. It's such a, it, it connects us with other people and it connects our inside to our outside, you know, what's going on inside express expressing ourselves. Yeah. And so when, when something comes and I don't know, uh, criticizes you, uh, hurts you when yeah. something, when you experience a, a feeling of being shot down in any way, even if it's a tiny thing, you're just so sensitive about it that, that it's kind of devastating. Yeah. And um, so a lot of people come to me after having had some kind of experience usually in the early, early life that has stopped them from singing. And a lot of the people who come to me are older. Mm-hmm. And so they've had this long stretch of lifetime where everybody else is singing around the campfire or um, mm-hmm. singing in church or whatever. And, you know, oming during yoga class, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And they're kind of, mm-hmm. you know, tucking it in and keeping it in and feeling like they can't be part of it or participate. And, and so all the time, everybody else has been kind of practicing without thinking of it as practicing, but they have been, they've been comparing and contrasting what they're hearing to what's coming out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. They haven't really had a chance to do that. And so they're coming, it's, it's almost like they're needing to return to a place of childhood and, and freedom and, and 
being nurtured into to feeling like they're not going to get judged and they can be free to start to explore their own voice and the, the, the sensations that, that come around singing that tell you whether you're on pitch or mm. you're not on pitch. And so, so I would say the people who come to me often um, are, are at a place in their life where they're, they're ready to take a chance mm-hmm. and re, redefine themselves in some way and mm-hmm. say, you know, I know that my whole family laughed at me or whatever and said I was the non-singer, but I, I'm ready to challenge that idea. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to try. And so, so uh, it's a really very uh, beautiful uh, honor to be able to work with people in that place. Uh, wow. I can imagine that. That's a, that's a lovely way to hold it. And so what, what's the beginning like? What, if somebody is just venturing out, they've, they've decided, okay, I'm going to give this a teeny tiny try, put a toe in, what might they experience in the beginning? People can come in in any way that suits them. So they can come in in the privacy of mm-hmm. either getting my my book and working with the videos and the audio tapes, or um, I actually also do have an online program they can get, or they can come in with one-to-one lessons, or they can come in in a group. And for some people, some people will say, oh my God, I could never sing by myself with one other person I really want to do it in a group where I can feel a little bit like I can hide behind mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. and I don't mean hide in any kind of a negative way but yeah. I have yeah. that sort of blending yeah. support yes and, yeah. and other people are the, the, the absolute opposite they're like I'm never going to go into a group of people unless I've had some one-on-one mm-hmm. nurturing and feedback so mm-hmm. so in first I would say what people how people dip that toe in depends on who they are and what they want. Mm -hmm. But, but the first thing I do when I'm working with somebody, whether it's in a workshop or in the program, the, um, the book or the the online program or in lessons is we start to first get into our body, meaning um, a lot of the same things you would do in a yoga class, but brief, more briefly, but, Mm -hmm. but, you know, really feel the connection of your feet to the ground and, start to do some breathing together and start to feel the space that's inside you when you, when you breathe more deeply and um, non-singers. And I put quote marks around the word non-singers always, um, but your, your podcast people can't can't (laughs) see my air quotes. So people who think of themselves as non-singers. Yes. I really believe that nobody is a Mm non-singer. Don't always realize that your instrument as a singer is not really just your throat or your vocal cords. It's your whole body, all the way from your feet to the top of your head. And the more in your body you are, the, the more you can be in a space of, the more accessible you are to learning how to sing. Mm-hmm. So um, we start with that sort of full body stuff and breathing. And then I sort of bring in like just making sounds, you know, take a big breath, reach up, ah, you know, and just kind of, and then I'll do a bunch of sounds, kind of sirening sounds. Woo! But what we're trying to do is get away from the idea of right and wrong, um, singing a song correctly, incorrectly. Mm -hmm. We're really Mm -hmm. trying Mm -hmm. to just get into a place of beginning to explore the voice. And then I'll make a bunch of crazy sounds. They'll copy me. You know, if I, here, I can do it with you. Stuff like that, you know, okay. just crazy stuff. And uh-huh. I don't know what's going to pop out of my head. And, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then I'm, you know, so we'll, we'll play just very playful. Mm-hmm. 
and, and I always ask a lot about wh where they've been, what their story is, where they mm -hmm. want to go, what their goals are before uh -huh. I start teaching. It's never a uh, formula. It's not okay. formulaic, yes. 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 but uh -huh. I have a bag of tricks I pull uh -huh. out of them. Uh -huh. one, one thing I always love to do with people is to work with a drone note. Oh. So, so I, might, I might ask them to try to match my pitch if I go, uh, you know, I might ask them to try to match that pitch, or if they can't match the pitch, I'll ask them to try to just sing a steady note, mm -hmm. and I'll match their pitch so that they can begin to see what it sounds like and feels like in their body to sing in unison, to, mm -hmm. to be right in unison with another note. And then we'll take turns kind of peeling up off, off that note, so, mm -hmm. uh, so that they can begin to experience what it's like to to have the support of a drone note go away from it and then find it again to mm -hmm. come back home, mm -hmm. which of course, when you're singing a song, you need to know how to come back home to the, the root note of the song or to, the, to stay in this, the key you're in. Mm -hmm. so, so all the things we do are so multifaceted because they're about getting more comfortable. They're about starting to work with muscles you haven't worked with much. We talk about diaphragmatic breathing. I, I have a super simple way of sort of getting people to make that connection between how they're breathing and supporting with the diaphragm and singing. You start to um, develop a, a muscle memory or a okay. body, a sensory mm -hmm. intelligence around, um, oh, I, I, when I'm singing, I kind of want to be engaged with that. It's not that that's what you're eventually thinking about. And, and we and in fact, I'll say, let's work on this for five minutes and then forget all about it. But then mm -hmm. I can just point, I can say, oh, I can, I can hear that they're getting, that their voice is getting stuck in their throat, that they're tightening up, you know, something's mm -hmm. happening here that we don't want. Or I can, look at, I can see their facial expression is tense and I'll just point to the diaphragm and they'll engage and then they can let everything else relax because that diaphragmatic muscle is doing the heavy lifting and mm -hmm. they begin to learn that, that you 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 actually control pitch better when you're looser in your throat than when you're holding or in your jaw. Or, so all this, you know, it's over over time. It doesn't. I might touch on all this in the first lesson, but this is stuff we work on over time. Some people come, and it turns like all they needed really is like a little guidance, and they've pretty much got it. Like I had a woman come to me. She started singing with a, a chorus in town. And she, she called me, this was just recent, she called me and she was like, oh my God, I can't believe what I did. I signed up for a chorus, but I don't even know if I can sing. Can you coach me? Mm -hmm. And she had plenty of aptitude, you know, and it was easy and she's in. Other people will work with basic pitch stuff for years, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that along the way, as they're, as they're learning that they can't begin to enjoy things that they couldn't enjoy before. They can, they can now blend. They can now be part of these wonderful musical opportunities that happen at the beach or on the campfire. Yeah. Or, so. I have a, at least three friends I know who play guitar and didn't start out, uh, they're men, uh, they didn't start out as particularly good singers, but as they played the practice just has deepened and strengthened and, and made their voices much more rich. And, and it was simply the doing it that, that, that really improved their instruments. Isn't that something? Yeah. 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 It's just like any other instrument in that way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more personal and more profound than other instruments. I, I don't mean 
singing is a better art, but yeah. there is something so personal about it. But yes, in, in a sense, it is just like any other instrument. You practice and you get better and you develop yeah. your skills and you learn how to, how, what makes it work. And yeah. Oh, I you're, could talk to you about this. You're a singer yourself, aren't you? I am. I am. And I'm kicking myself that we didn't meet when we lived in the same town uh, so that uh, we could sing together. It is a huge part of my life. And I'm very glad that you are putting more singers in the world and making people who can enjoy the joy of, of singing. It's, I can't imagine life without it. I know. It's great. Oh, well, I could talk to you about this for forever, but we're running out of time. And is there any final piece of advice or encouragement for listeners that you want to close with? I would say, you know, if it's sort of something that's been in your bucket list or mm. something that even on some level you kind of wish you could do, but you felt held back, mm -hmm. or even if you do sing, but you feel like you're not really in it or expressing yourself, mm. just to step in and try it because you know singing singing can be scary but singing also has in it what it takes to not be scared because it feels good it's got the, that vibration the way you connect with people it's it's heartening and I mean if, if you think of how singing was uh, used during the civil rights movement in the mm, United States mm -hmm. for example you know singing gives us courage so once you get in you'll find that you can use use what you're getting from it to give you more courage and again everywhere in your life so it's totally worth it so go for it wow beautiful words to close on it just gave me chills so nancy salwin thank you so much for your time today um, her book is the fear of singing breakthrough program learn to sing even if you think you can't carry a tune there are links to her website in the podcast notes here. Thank you, everyone. I'm Liz Sumner, reminding you to be bold, and thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.